This is the KOTO Community Radio News for Monday, December 6th. I'm Julia Caulfield. In today's headlines, Medical Center provides access to free therapy through new partnership. Coral Society brings a new joy. Telluride Star keeps shining and a mountain weather forecast. It's a well-known fact. Access to mental health resources in San Miguel County can be challenging, but the Telluride Regional Medical Center is trying to do its part to change that. The medical center, in partnership with um, the county, is providing some funding through the San Miguel County Behavioral Health Assistance Fund, uh, is three-way partnering between those two, and Sondermind, which is an online therapy service, in order to provide 10 free grant-funded therapy sessions to folks who um, might be underinsured or uninsured or that cost would be a barrier to accessing therapy. That's Lindsay Wright, behavioral health clinician at the Med Center. She says the program is available for anyone who lives or works in San Miguel County. Sondermind is a Colorado-based therapy service provider providing telehealth care. They're therapist will be remote, so it is online telehealth therapy with two um, really great therapists that I helped to pick out. So I feel like I can say with confidence that they are great providers, um, and they are through Sondermind. Wright notes one of the therapists is Spanish-speaking. She adds the pandemic and life is and has been challenging, and you don't need to be in a crisis point to deserve or receive care. I'm obviously biased as a therapist, but I'm a strong believer that I think everyone should go to therapy at some point in their life. I think we all have moments in time where we could use a little bit of support or some additional coping skills. Um, and I think there's no there's no correct time necessarily. I think if you have a goal and something you want to work on, it doesn't have to be a certain level of severity. Like therapy can still be a place for you. So I'm excited to provide that to more people. To qualify for the program, individuals must be a current patient with the Med Center. You can send right a message through the Med Center portal to begin the process. If you or someone you know is experiencing a mental health emergency, call the Center for Mental Health 24-hour crisis line at 970-252-6220. Like many seasonal events, the Telluride Choral Society's Winter Sing was forced to cancel last year due to the pandemic. But according to Rhonda Muckerman, artistic director for the Telluride Choral Society, in some ways that makes the holiday concert all the more sweet. We're especially happy to be reunited and to be able to be singing again together after more than a year and a half of, uh, of a hiatus because of the pandemic. With that said, there will be notes of sour at this year's concert. It will be Muckerman's final as artistic director of the Society. Muckerman and her husband moved to Durango last year, so now she's stepping away from the baton. For me, it's really the, the closing of a chapter, working with a lot of these musicians for upwards of 20, 25 years, because many of us sang together in the early days of the Telluride Choral Society when it was first founded by John Yankee in the mid to late 90s. While she says there will likely be a number of tears following the final note, her main feeling is gratitude. For the privilege of being able to lead this wonderful group of musicians and, and spend so many hours together working closely on music. It's um, a very intimate relationship that you develop with people when you're making music with them. It's not like anything else, really. 
Um, it requires your whole heart and your whole spirit in addition to your talents and your intellectual capabilities to be able to put something like this together. Muckerman moved to Telluride in the mid-90s and quickly became involved in the community's music. A flautist and conductor by training and education, she worked as a music teacher across the county. She developed the Telluride Woodwind Ensemble for the past 12 years. She's been the director and conductor of the Choral Society, working to make it more inclusive. One of the things that I was tasked with in my administration as artistic director was to really bring a welcoming sense to the entire community, like, y'all come and sing with us. Um, Our chorale, which is our larger adult group, was um, is particularly welcoming to people and who don't have a lot of experience. They like to sing in the shower, you know, they don't have to read music, and I would make uh, practice recordings for them so that they could learn the music more easily and things like that. So it was really to open up the Telluride Choral Society to the broader population in the Telluride community. Muckerman's final concert will take place this weekend. Winter Sings a New Joy. It will feature four choirs, the choristers and omnivoce, two children's choirs, and the adult chorale and chamber singers. Muckerman says the performances are going to be a stroll down memory lane with the hits. I've actually chosen pieces that we've done in the past before, and I chose my favorites. So I tend to like to have a little bit of an international flair in my programming. So, for example, the chorale, the the adult large community group that's singing, um, that's over 30 singers. We're the the very first piece we're singing is an African holiday piece called Jabula Jesu. Another one of my favorites is a Hebrew song called Hine Matov. That is um, a beautiful, it's not even necessarily limited to the holidays, but it has this text of, you know, how good it is for all of us brethren to be living together as one. So it brings a a message of unity to it. There's a really nice version of Noel using the text of the first Noel, but a completely different melody and mode to it that I find particularly beautiful. And we're also doing a piece called um, Brightest and Best, which is a southern hymnal tune from Southern Harmony, which is the old hymn tune books that, that were popular here in the United States back in the 1800s. The concert will also feature Ece Novum, meaning a new joy, by Ola Giello. New joy, new joy of the season, and may we all have a new joy to the new year for all of the losses that we've sustained in the last year and a half. May we have an open door to a new joy. Despite everything that we've been through and are still going through, let's make some room in our lives for joy. And that's, um, I think, particularly important at this time. So my concerts that I present have a spiritual significance to them uh, in addition to a musical significance and here we are still in the midst of the pandemic and singing together.
The Telluride Choral Society will be joined by musicians Susan Enster, Travis Fisher, Meribeth Tuckman, and Alan Bradley to fill out the sound. The Winter Sing A New Joy concert will take place on Friday, December 10th at 7 p.m. and Sunday, December 12th at 4 p.m. at Christ Church on West Columbia. Tickets are available at the door. Vaccinations will be required. Sometimes in journalism, a story is hiding in plain sight. Sometimes it's shining in plain sight. Since early in the pandemic, a giant star has glowed on the North Hillside above Telluride. Normally, the star is only lit around the holidays. But when COVID hit, Rich Estes, a.k.a. Big Daddy, saw an opportunity. Estes is the town's streets and utilities superintendent and has lived in the area his whole life, most of it in Telluride. Estes didn't anticipate the star to keep shining throughout 2020. Now, nearly two years into the pandemic, it's still there. Today, we're rebroadcasting a story from KOTO's Matt Hoish, originally aired in December 2020. When the COVID hit, I'd been online and I saw some other towns that, had, uh, that were keeping their star on. So what I did is I uh, went and talked to the town manager, Ross Herzog, and I said, I got this idea. I'd like to uh, redo the star and uh, light it up and keep it lit throughout this COVID. It's about, I would say, 19 feet tall, 20 feet tall, maybe. Five-point star, and it was made with pipes and two-befores, and it is very, very old. The uh, lights that were on it are the old, really old Christmas lights that, you know, I'm 60 years old, so probably like when I was in my 20s kind of lights, and they, they were not bright at all, and they, you know, there was maybe... 30% of them lit. When I plugged it in and, and looked at them, going, oh my word, this, this needs some help. I got a great deal from Timberline Hardware on some uh, LED lights that use like pennies a day. And then once I did get the lights on it, I uh, had my mechanics, uh, well, the town of Telluride's Public Works mechanics, Justin uh, Franklin and Jason Smart, they went up and helped me stand it back up because it is just a, it's a, it's a horse. You know, I just wanted people's heads to come up and uh, everybody's heads were pretty far down and attitudes were, were bad. And, and I'm just trying to uh, shed a little light with the town manager. Like I said, it, this would not happen without him. Uh, I just wanted to shed some light on Telluride and, and uh, just remind people that, yeah, it's the early stages of COVID. We had no idea, as well as you, that we would still be fighting it today in, in December. I was a little flabbergasted that we're still at it right now, uh, but we're in it to win it. Telluride has no give up in it. That's the thing with the star. It has no give up. That star's been there longer than probably most people in Telluride, and, and it just it's going to keep going, and we're going to keep going, and we're going to get through this. I'm a full-blood Christian, and uh, I love Jesus, and, and it just reminds me of the Star of Bethlehem, and it puts me in the mood uh, at Christmas time, but now it puts me in the mood that even though we're going through this COVID, we all have a higher calling, and uh, I think everybody in Telluride always steps up to their higher calling and produces. That's the thing about Telluride people is they produce. They not only talk the talk, they walk the walk. Everybody that I've talked to seems to really like it. I've driven into town just to look at it. I live it out on Hillside. Uh, so I've driven in just to take a look at the star and make sure it's still, uh, things are good. 
hopefully uh, when we do get through it, uh, who knows what will happen to the star, if it will be shut down and only turned on at Christmas again or whatever. But for now, I, I hope that I'm allowed to leave it on and Public Works is allowed to leave it on. Uh, i got a great team of guys down there, and, and uh, we all were very proud of what we do and, and what we've accomplished. And with the star, it's just we want, wanted to share it with everybody. I hope everybody's seen it, and when they see it and they ooh and ah that it's just something about Telluride that they'll remember and say, oh my gosh, you know, Telluride Star is fantastic because it, it's everybody put the star up there, not me. Everybody did. It, it's a town job, and I do everything I can for the town, and the town does more than I could ever expect anybody to do for me, so the star is everybody's star. If you ask Al Zolinas, there's wonder and mystery in the ordinary. Zolinas is this month's featured poet for the Talking Gourds Poetry Club Bardic Trails Poetry Night. Zolinas says one of the themes in poetry he keeps returning to is that of the ordinary life and the sacredness it reveals. He is the author of a number of poetry collections, including Near and Far, The Same Air, Under Ideal Conditions, and New Physics. At the event, Zolinas will read some of his work with time for questions about his influences and inspirations, and time for participants to share their own poetry. The Bardic Trails Poetry Night will take place on Tuesday, December 7th at 7 p.m. via Zoom. Registration is available at telluridelibrary.org. Candles are often a sign of the holiday season, and while they bring warmth and comfort, they can also be dangerous. Add in Christmas lights and decorations, the potential for a house fire goes up. The American Red Cross of Colorado and Wyoming is urging people to take care this holiday season to stay safe. The organization says in November alone, it responded to nearly 100 home fires. The Red Cross reminds people to never burn candles unattended and keep them out of the way of children and pets. Ensure holiday light cords aren't frayed or broken, and don't string too many strands of lights together. Turn off all lights before leaving the house or going to bed. Don't light a fire in the fireplace if stockings or decorations are hung on the mantle. If buying an artificial Christmas tree, look for a fire-resistant label, and if getting a real tree, make sure it's fresh and watered. An important national voter registration document will be available for the first time in Native American languages. KSJD's Sophia Stewart-Rossi has more. The National Mail Voter Registration Form is used by U.S. citizens to register to vote and update their voter information. And for the first time, the form will soon be available in Indigenous American languages. The U.S. Election Assistance Commission is providing the registration form in three languages, Yupik, Navajo, and Apache. This will be the commission's first dedicated expansion effort to serve Native American communities. Also, for the first time, the commission is providing audio translations of the form for spoken languages, like Apache, which will include an audio file which talks them through the form. Previously, the National Voter Registration Form has been available in English and many international languages. For KSJD News, I'm Sophia Stewart-Rossi. Drought has been in the headlines a lot this year, and climate change threatens to further shrink water supplies in the Colorado River Basin. But what makes a drought a drought? 
KUNC's Alex Hager spoke with two scientists who track the numbers that define dryness, and they had some stark warnings about where they're heading. When it's Brad Udall's turn to tell people how bad the drought is, the mood is rarely a good one. That's been the case since 2003 when he first started talking about climate change in the Colorado River Basin. I mostly got a lot of dirty looks. And since that time, I've started calling myself the skunk in the room. That's from a talk he gave at the law school in Boulder earlier this year. Udall is one of the region's foremost experts on water and the climate. And when I spoke with him, his assessment on where things stand is pretty bleak. I mean, you cannot look at these and not be concerned. Um, And, you know, the climate models tell us this is going to get worse. Um, There's every reason to believe it's going to get worse. It's gotten worse since the year 2000. Uh, The spooky thing is it seems to be getting worse at a faster rate. In terms of duration, uh, it's it's not too many years from being probably equal to the worst drought in terms of, you know, like a 25-year period. That's Connie Woodhouse, who studies the history of climate at the University of Arizona. By looking at tree rings, she's able to learn about other dry stretches over the course of the centuries. And the thing that makes this one different... The factor that pushes this drought beyond the normal ebb and flow of the climate, it's the heat. That's different than our long droughts that we're seeing in the past. Um, Even though some of them were during warmer periods, they were not uh, as warm as as the temperatures that we're seeing today. When it comes to tracking drought, Brad Udall highlights four metrics, temperature, but also soil moisture, precipitation, and the amount of water in rivers and creeks. Right now, all of those indicators are heading in the wrong direction, and they're connected. I think the thing that leads the way here are these higher temperatures. I mean, that pretty clearly to me is the sort of proximate cause of all of these problems. And of course, those higher temperatures derive from greenhouse gas emissions by humans. So how hot is it? In the 21st century, average temperatures in the upper Colorado River Basin are more than two degrees warmer than the last century's average. And one of the big problems caused by that hot air, it dries out the soil, and that creates a feedback loop. When there's moisture in the soil and the sun beats down on that soil, that solar energy actually goes into evaporating water, which doesn't raise the temperature of the surface of the Earth. But once the soil moisture is gone, that same solar energy then warms the surface of the earth in a really profound way. Which in turn heats the earth, which dries out the soil, which heats up the air, and you get where this is going. Another problem? Dry soil is also thirsty. A recent study of soil moisture in the West showed that now is the second driest it's been in the last 1,200 years. When spring comes the next year and that snow goes to melt off, rather than running off into our rivers and creeks, it fills that soil moisture depletion that occurred the previous year. Last year, snowpack in the upper parts of the basin was at 90% of average. But because a whole lot of dry soil stood between the snow and the rivers, we only saw 30% of average runoff. And on the whole, rain and snowfall totals in the region have been steadily dipping for decades. Connie Woodhouse says that all combines to make this drought a special one. And then you add warming. Um, We're seeing things that are outside the range of what we've seen in the past, just because of that warming element. Brad Udall says some factors of human-caused climate change are not reversible, although it's within our technological capability to turn others around. But disagreements over policy and the very facts of climate change are standing in the way. Man, if we could get 
ordered and, and centered and focused on solving this problem, we could solve it. That I know, but it's like trying to fight the Germans in World War II where half the army says, oh, they're not, they're our friends, they're not our enemy. That won't work with the threat of this size. And if we stay on this course, Udall says river flows in the Colorado River Basin could go down another 10 to 15 percent by the middle of the century. And at the same time, the number of people that rely on it for drinking and irrigation keeps going up. I'm Alex Hager. The National Weather Service forecast for the western San Juans calls for snow showers tonight with a low around 30 degrees. Two to four inches of snow accumulation is possible. Tuesday, there's an 80% chance of snow showers with a high in the mid-30s and a low around 20. One to three inches of snow accumulation is possible. Wednesday calls for isolated snow showers with mostly sunny skies and a high near 40 degrees. Wednesday night, expect scattered snow showers with mostly cloudy skies and a low around 30. This has been the news for Monday, December 6th. Thanks for listening. If you have a story idea or a news tip, call the news team at 970-728-3206.